it puts those questions in your head of, well, maybe I don't really know this person. Maybe I don't really know what they're like. And I was just sick about that. That I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to say that my daughter can't be in the same home as my husband? And how do I process that? What do I do if they come and say that? Because based off of this, that's what they're saying. From one person meeting with these kids one time and not meeting with us, not knowing us personally at all. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Now we're recording. Jessica just gave us a disclaimer, a warning. <laughs> She's really not this bitchy. I'm really not. She's about to start her period. Said we need to be a little more sensitive or less sensitive. Which one was it? We don't, we, we don't know. Less sensitive to her bitchiness, more sensitive to her feelings. <laughs> I don't know if there's a really right answer is the problem. <laughs> what is the difference there? <laughs> well, don't take me too seriously, but be nice. Okay, we'll be nice. <laughs> okay. I'll just stare at my phone. Oh, uh, yeah. It like all of a sudden hit right when we started this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you guys walked into the room that I was like, <gasps> Oh, you got all emotional that I'm back in town. Yeah. yeah. It's because Steve's here. When we recorded recorded last week without you. How'd it go? <laughs> it went fine, but it's really funny, me? like the difference in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. It makes oh, a yeah. difference. And I'm excited to listen. We, we purposely didn't uh, say that you were gone to see if anybody notices. And did they? <laughs> I want to see. We, <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't we, dropped hasn't yet. Dropped yet. <laughs> Y'all, I better get a lot of text messages being like, Steve, where are you? Are you okay? We miss you. <laughs> I had to check this podcast with- sucks without you. <laughs> I had to wait until we were recording. Or like right before we were recording, I was like checking in with Matt. I'm like, wait, so we're really not saying that Steve's not with us. He's like, yes, I am serious. Don't you say anything. The whole time? The yeah. Whole time. The whole we time. didn't say a word that you were here. <laughs> wow. It's a social experiment. It's a, Matt likes social experiments. Your hair's curly today. I know. At it's least long like... enough that it, when it gets longer, it curls. Mm. And I haven't cut it in like five months. Steve, tell us about your goal that you just set. You your came goal? home in time last yeah. night so you could run... I am miles. running an ultra marathon or like a mini ultra marathon. So what does that mean? How long is a mini ultra marathon? So it's a ultra. It's a 50K. It's a ultra. Because I don't even know. What is a regular ultra? 100K? 100. 100 miles or 100K? I think it's 100 miles. Okay. I don't know. Well, I'm doing, so you're doing... I'm doing a 50K. So 31 miles. Okay. So just over a full. Let me rephrase. I have signed up for a 50K. <laughs> no. You have set the intention... You're going to go crush it. Yeah. So, so long as health my, and everything. So Remy was already signed up to do this, my buddy. And we were just talking about the runs that I had done in Arizona because I just got back from Arizona. And basically all I did the whole time was lay run. in the sun and trail run. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I loved it. And So you guys were like, talking about it. Yeah. And he's like, so you just did a 12 mile, like your fifth run. And you did 12 miles in the mountains. How are you feeling? And I'm like, good. He's like, your knees don't hurt. Your muscles don't hurt. Your feet don't hurt. I'm like, no, they feel fine. He's like, are you sore? I'm like, a little bit, but just in a good way. 
He's like, dude, why are you not doing this race instead of me? <laughs> He's like, I can't do that and not hurt like crazy the next day. I don't know. I'm sure I'm getting his, not quoting this correctly, but point was, I was like, huh, maybe I should do this. So I'm going to do it with him. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. I think you're nuts, but actually yeah. 30 miles, I feel like is doable. 30 miles. Is, well, if Anything tw- over three miles is dumb. <laughs> Matt won't run more three than mi- three miles. Three miles is my warm up. <laughs> but, yeah, mine too. I've done a marathon and it's 26. Like, why the heck not tack on an extra five miles when you've already gone that far? Why not? Let's do it. Here's the funny thing, though. Like, so last night I did, I got back to town in time that I could run. I was hoping I could do it before, at least start before it was dark, which I did. And I got most of it we done saw before you. it was dark. Yeah, you did. Kenny and I waved. That was funny. That was funny. It's <laughs> like my leggings. <laughs> yeah, you were very bright. <laughs> yeah. I got lots of compliments on those when I was running the... Nice. The green belt or whatever. So anyways, you started running. And it dawned on me. Like, it was rough. It was brutal. I did not enjoy anything about yesterday's run. Some days are like that. Here's the funny thing, though, is I only ever run when I feel like running and for as far as I feel like running. I never like, I've never followed a training (laughs) schedule. I've never like said, I am going to go out and run X number of miles right now. Mm. With very few exceptions. I guess you and I did Jessica a zillion years ago when we first started running. But that was when we were first starting. Yeah. But it's a whole different thing. Like like last night, I got none of the things out of it that I love about running. Like the high and the rush and yep. because you're like, focused on the sense of accomplishment number. and like the clarity of thought that generally accompanies a run for me and like none of that it what, was just, what were you focused on then? it was just a bunch of work and not enjoyable <laughs> and i don't know if it's because i just wasn't in the mood to run but i made myself do it anyway and every other time i do it when i'm in the mood to run or if it was because I was focused on, okay, I was going to do 16 is what I was supposed to do. And I didn't think I was actually going to be able to do that, which I did until I did 12. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I psyched myself Only out. 12. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Only 12 miles. But it is. So I've noticed this a lot with different things in my life. Like when I started my music vocal performance major in college, mm-hmm. do you remember that? Like I got two and a half years in and I was like, I hate yeah. this. This is something I love. Like I love to sing. I love to perform and I hate it. Like it's just taking apart this thing I love. And so that's why I switched majors is because I was starting to hate something I loved because yeah. I put all this pressure behind it. So you're saying now that I've signed up for this race, I'm going to hate running? No, I think you're still <laughs> going to love running. I think this is a great push for you. But I think like you have to Sometimes it does take some of the joy out of it occasionally. Yeah. And that's, but yeah. I messaged Remy afterwards and I'm like, dude, this sucked and I hated it. And he said, that's ah, good for you. And then he, we, <laughs> he said, he re- referenced, I don't know how you say this, callousing, callousing. How do you say that? Callousing. He said, it's callousing yeah. your mind. It's true. Yeah. Callousing your mind. So I looked it up and he said, callousing your mind is a strategy that will pay you many times over in your lifetime. It is so worth the effort and aggravation. And if you want to develop mental toughness, this is a major technique to master, which I would like to look into this a little bit more, like find out what, I didn't realize it's David Goggins. Of course, it's David Goggins. Everything Remy ever says is David Goggins. (laughs) I don't know who David Goggins is. (laughs) Oh, he's this dude. He showed me some videos of him. He's like this big, muscly, like, he's like the rock who runs. Oh. And he does these videos while he's doing it. He's just Mm. like... He's like motivational dude. I freaking stubbed my toe just to make it hurt more. 
<laughs> you know, I wish it was raining out here just to <laughs> That's awesome. really make this worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I just... That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, that's been on my mind. So um, when is your race? Beginning of March. Oh. I know. I gotta that's get, soon. I got to get this mind calloused. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> we talked um, New Year's resolutions and intentions and goals okay. last week. So that fit in perfectly. That yeah. That's one of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any others? I do. Did you want to share anything? Doesn't it feel like we just did this episode? Do you it really remember? does. This year has gone by so A fast. A year ago when we talked about our New Year's resolutions? Yeah. yeah. What were ours? <laughs> I don't know what mine were and if I got any of them I don't think you really had any that you shared last year. Other ones, I want to finish my freaking house. <laughs> All those stupid... I think that's what mine was last year. <laughs> you made some progress. I need to just hire someone and give them a list of here are the 45 half-done projects and here's 45 more. Do them. Yeah. And, and I what want else? that done. Uh, I want to... Lose five pounds of fat and gain 10 pounds of muscle. Oh, okay. Easy. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) What else? I had another one. How you quantify? Never mind. How do you quantify? That's the most quantifiable thing ever. Those are exact numbers. Yeah. You can do those body fat tests or whatever, like those scans that tell you your percent body fat. and. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Why do I always feel bad telling people that goal? Because it's... It's so vain. <laughs> it has one purpose and one purpose only. I want to look good. So it's... But that's the thing is... It's I don't care because I... you want to do it because you specifically want to look good instead of having that mindset of that people are pushing of, I want to be healthy. You're studying this because good. you want to look good. <laughs> I'm already healthy. So maybe that's why you feel bad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It is. But if that's what it's you want... It's just a very vain goal. That's what you want. <laughs> Just don't don't say that a whole bunch in front of our daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> anal about that. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Kids are, are women. All of us are told enough of, about how we should look. that Unless that's something you specifically want to strive for, for your own reasons. Like, I hate putting that even more on our kids. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just thinking about things. <laughs> Anyways, well, cool. I was thinking about a video that I reposted about me walking into 2021. <laughs> yeah. And as I, like in that video, like you can see my belly jiggling. Like I'm totally cool with that. Like, <laughs> anyways, that owns that jiggle. <laughs> yeah. my, my swagger is Steve. Your swagger. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. Nice. I, I was like thinking it. in my own mind. And that not you're laughing set at you. And comfortable with what, where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm hoping if we can make it come together to do a Grand Canyon trail run. Ooh, that'd be the cool. The people I was with in Arizona. We actually were going to try and go do it. We're going to do rim to river to rim, which would have been somewhere between 14 and 17 miles. Cool. But the elevation gain is huge. Yeah, it is. It was also 30 degrees and snowing, which at is the why Grand we Canyon. didn't do it. Yeah. At the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that sounds awful. So... If we can make it happen and get in shape, we're going to do it in April and we'll do rim to rim to rim, which is like 44 miles. Whoa. Maybe stay the night on the other rim and split it up into two days. But That'd know. be cool. Yeah. We'll see. That sounds like fun. But anyway, I guess my main goal is I want to become a year-round runner. I'm only ever a fair weather runner and it's stupid. 
in like I start in the spring and I'm doing two, three, four miles. By the end of the summer, I'm doing twelve to sixteen. So something and interesting. Then I stop <laughs> for the yeah. winter and I never run again. And then I start over in the spring. Something interesting that I was reading this last week, and I think you're reading the same thing, Jessica, is when we're setting up a goal or whatever, the way we say it is super important. Like you want to be a all season runner, right? Mm-hmm. Where like what I was reading said, like, I'm going to be an all season runner. You're even supposed to say, I am. I am. I am an all season runner. Like you start saying that to yourself and out yeah. loud because it changes that mindset in our own minds. And honestly, in Boise, you can be now. Like we yeah. don't yeah. get that much snow in. I know the I valley. whined and moaned, but it was only 40 so. degrees when I finished my run yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And it was dark. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like 40 and up is pretty decent right. running weather, yeah. especially yeah. if it's sunny. But yeah, right when you got home, I was leaving on my bike ride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was. So yeah, Matt has a was, similar intention. 3.30. Yeah. Yep. You were heading out on your bike. Yep. And Matt has a similar intention with his bike is to be more of an all-season yeah, rider. rider. So. Cool. So, yeah, I, I rode 19 miles. Nice. Yesterday. Where'd you go? What trails? Uh, I went up uh, Freestone Ridge. Oh, nice. Yeah. I tried to stick to a pretty sandy trail. Mm-hmm. Because that's pretty wet. Yeah. Don't want to get chewed out for going through the mud. Mm. Don't ruin those trails. That's right. Stay off muddy trails. All right. Should yeah. we dig into the yeah. into more of this? Okay. So we are going back to getting back on track a little bit with mine and Matt's whole situation here in the middle of this whole custody battle and also in domestic the middle of mass domestic violence charges and dealing with that. And so there was something that happened during this time that I've thought a lot about. Probably the thing I've thought the most about taking, like, yeah. continuing out of this. And that was... I still think about it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. At one point, Anne had a psychiatric evaluation done on Matt's kids. And the thing that I think so much about this is if you take one day, one moment of sitting down with anybody, they can present themselves however they want. Like, I feel like you just don't get a full view of the situation, a full understanding of who this person is. is. And I'm not talking about the kids so much as adults. Like, we very much know how we can present ourselves and twist it to how we want if we know we're meeting somebody for one time like we can present ourselves yeah once well and and once and even unintentionally like just wherever you're at that day and whatever experiences you've been having leading up to it is going to affect how you answer questions and how you present yourself and you know so even aside from like twisting something and intentionally making Uh something different than it is just i mean you're not always going to get you know we say like that first impression is the you know Big, it is a big deal. Like you want to make a good first impression, but that first impression is a culmination of yeah that day and that. As moment the person that. receiving that first impression, I think it's important to remember that hey, I might not have seen them on their best day, or hey, this might have been a little too good to be true, or to kind of understand that. I read somewhere lately that if you <laughs> if you like instantly connect with somebody, in fact, I listened to it on a podcast you instantly connect with somebody and you've like got this high afterwards of like, oh, I can't wait to be with them more. And they're so amazing and stuff that usually that's not real. Right. It's usually like 
you had this great connection to start with, but it's more like this idea of it's more like a one night stand type mentality of this was amazing and it's oh, not wanna, going to, but it's, it's not going to last. Like it's inevitably it going to, huh? <laughs> Sorry, I kept cutting you off. <laughs> Meaning it's just not going to maintain that level of, yes. of high. Yes. What yeah. were you going to say? I cut you off too. I was just going to say perhaps any of our listeners who may be dating or in the situation of dating, Steve included, like, <laughs> like, yeah, you have this first impression and it's like, which is important. It's important, but anybody in that first meeting can make themselves out to be whatever they want. Yeah, what I heard Jessica say was, if I have a really strong connection with someone, keep it a one-night stand. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I am saying. That's the takeaway for today, maybe, people, from Jessica. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not have the one-night stand in that moment. To give it some time to see if this is really a real connection oh. or if it's just about <laughs> That's the what sex. I took, Steve. <laughs> no, I, I, liked, I liked the first one better. I was going to say, this is the male interpretation and, <laughs> and I shouldn't say male, but like different personalities and perspectives here. <laughs> no, you make a good point though. There, are, Yeah, when it comes to dating, and that's exactly what I was thinking is when you were talking, I was like, I can relate to that. Like, If you want, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's all. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if but you yeah, want what? If you want a real relationship and you're wanting to make that connection, then don't just base you it, can't on base that it off one of, time yeah. and be like, oh, this is going to be the best. And just put everything out there that first date. If you want it to continue, if you want a relationship, any relationship to continue, give us some time. See how it goes over the next few encounters and then start putting it all out there. So are you saying that this psychological evaluation that my children went through <laughs> was a one-time, one-day thing with a psychologist and perhaps what they got from that isn't all... May or may not have been an accurate yeah. portrayal yes. of... Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. The interesting thing is that not only was this a psychological evaluation of my kids, but... What parent took them to this psychological evaluation? Yeah. Also, yeah. what led up to this? I was going to ask that question. Why Why was it determined that this needed to be done? We don't know. What organization we did it? Like, we is this a not, health uh, and welfare thing or a it was child a, CPS thing? Yeah, it or was like, faces. So it's for families like that are in domestic violence situations. Okay. And I believe it's free. Yeah. And they do a psych evaluation on the kids for what purpose? To figure out what is really going on mm. in this situation, like to get more understanding. But here's the deal. It was a one-time thing. Matt's exactly right. Who took them? Were we involved at all? Was any contact made with us? Zero. So it was completely just from what was said by Anne and the kids. Was Anne involved in that? Like, did oh, she yes. have a little interview yep. process with yep. them? And yes. Okay. yes. So they got background info from her. Yes. And... What, yeah. Probably asked the question, so what's the reason for the psych evaluation? What led up yes. to this? Which I'm sure they Why had that because she was sent there by the her defense attorney, no. prosecuting attorney. By the prosecuting, prosecuting attorney. attorney. For the state of Idaho. Yes. So they were trying to get her resources. This is one of the resources they gave suggested, her, suggested yeah. that she use. Okay. Which is an amazing resource. Like, I think it's so important that we have these. But I also think like... This is the point where it's like, okay, but maybe... It's lopsided. Yeah, we need to meet with these kids more than once. And maybe you do need to talk to everybody involved in this situation. Like that's 
And that's one of the things that we definitely saw with yeah. this. So one of the biggest things that that I continue to think about with this psychological evaluation is that, and this is all coming from the perspective of my attorney at this time. And because to this date, I have not watched, because there was a recorded yeah. DVD of the psychological evaluation of my children. And to this date, I haven't watched that. I haven't wanted to. Why? Because it's, it's not, it's lopsided. Mm. It's, it's, it's not going to portray my children in a manner that I ever want to see, really. This is something I think about with this, too, is that whole idea that you don't need all of the details from, like, a situation. So I, I think about your and mine situation, Steve, when you yeah. had an affair. Like, I had enough information to know what had happened, where I stood, what I, I needed to know. But I didn't get all of the details. I didn't want to know all the specifics. Where I know, like, some people get so hung up on needing to know every little thing that that damages, that does so much damage. And I feel like that's kind of the situation yeah. where why put ourselves in this situation where we hear and see these things that were said and done that could be so damaging to our relationship with Matt's kids and also even more damaging to our relationship with Anne. Like it's just mm -hmm. not necessary. Right. And so I, I, and from the counsel of my attorney, she's like, look, you can watch it if you want. I wouldn't recommend it just because there's some things that were probably said that aren't true and it's just going to infuriate you. And so, but one of the things that stuck out, as I was saying, is at some point, my attorney said, Sarah brought up to the psychologist that there was something that had happened in their home that was violence, that, that Jack was violent towards Anne. And what Sarah was bringing up was the time when, you know, Jack had pinned Anne against the wall by her throat and Anne basically kicked him in the nuts to get away. And then I was called to come to pick, up, pick the up the kids. And, and so Sarah was explaining that situation to the psychologist and the psychologist stopped the conversation and went and grabbed Anne to question her about the situation in Anne's home. Well, again, this is the one-time deal. Like, Anne could come up with whatever she wanted, and she did. She said, oh, well, Matt and Jessica like to lie about what happens at my home. And that's just a story that they made up and told Sarah this story. And that's, that's what she's telling the psychologist. And, and so it's like... So they want to believe her when it's convenient. Right. But when it wasn't convenient for them, oh, she's just... This is just what she's heard. This isn't real. And did they she doesn't really know. They didn't follow up. Sign on off that. on that. So, they didn't follow up on that at all. No, no. They oh. they just wrote the, like that's that was the consensus. Was the that, oh, that must be true because that's what Anne's saying. Wow. And it was interesting at this point too because like we have a written summary of it. Right. Like it's short, like just less than a page summary of what was said, what the conclusion was. So I remember reading this and just. I remember so many times during this time reading the things that were sent over, the documentation, and just shaking, like just yeah, because it With was what so intense. I, I don't even like. I'm trying. I was trying to think of that. What emotion was this? And it was just like was it, it was anger? Like, was anger it and rage? Was and it like, sadness? Was for it for me? It was remorse? just was sadness it? and disbelief. Like how can this really be happening? I'm I, for Matt. It was definitely more. Be, anger. And how old were the kids at this time? 
they were young. This was five years ago. Like the question I would be having is how can this be their childhood? Yeah. How can this be where they are at right now when they should be laughing and playing games and being silly? Yeah. That this is the stuff they're having to deal with. That's rough. Um, It is rough. And it's all based on lies. Yeah. So let me play devil's advocate for a minute here. Okay. Choosing not to watch the recording. Was that being smart about drawing a line of how much information to get? Or was it burying your head in the sand and choosing to ignore the facts of the I was purely... uh, So here's the thing. If I didn't receive the counsel from my attorney of not to watch it, I probably would watch it. And your attorney had already watched this? Yes. Oh, absolutely. My attorney watched it inside and out and probably three or four times. We still have it. Yeah, we still have it. (laughs) Will you ever watch it? No. No. Will you ever let Sarah Hank watch it? No. Why? Not unless like there was some big resurgence of this of like what actually happened during that time. What, you know, but even then I don't know if it would be helpful because they had been fed so much information that I don't think they really knew what happened. Did you guys talk about this with Sarah and Hank? No, this is not something we talked about. We didn't even acknowledge that we got this because we didn't want to put them in the situation where they felt that they were put in the middle again, where Mm -hmm. they felt like, oh my gosh, I thought this was just something my mom was going to see or that just the people in the court were going to see. I didn't know my dad was going to see this. Like, can you imagine that as a kid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It gets me all like choked up thinking about that to put, like you're saying, like this is your childhood. Why should you have to go through that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. This is some adult stuff they're having to. Such adult stuff. To deal with at a very early age. Yeah. That they shouldn't have had to. Because it didn't happen. (laughs) But in this, too, like some of the things. And that's what makes me the most angry and sad is that none of this happened. And therefore, she's she's putting these kids through the ringer of absolute just chaos and damaging, trying to damage my relationship with them. Mm -hmm. For what? For what purpose? Yeah. Nobody knows. This is just damaging to the kids. Well, and ultimately, the only reason we could really come up with that she was what she wanted out of this was to get the kids at the school she wanted them to go to. See, and I see one reason why this would have been worth it is if, in fact, the kids were unsafe in your care, Matt. Of course. You would do anything to get those kids out of an unsafe scenario, to keep those kids safe. Anything would be worth it. But outside of that one single result, I don't, I don't see why the cost to the kids is worth yeah. going through that. We don't either. And one of the things like in this paperwork at the bottom, there's like a conclusion or, you know, like notes summary, summary of what should be done and the feelings of the psychiatrist. And it's, At the bottom, and this is what really got to me, it says that there should be no children in Matt's care. That anybody who is in Matt's care, who's a child, should should ideally be removed from the home. And that just made me sick. That was the determination from the psyche valve? Yes. And I was just like broken for Matt and just crushed because I'm like, okay, now now again. This leads into our marriage and whether or not I can stay in the home 
with my daughter. And if you read that, like what questions does that bring up for other people who aren't, who don't know Matt personally and aren't, you know, and even if they do, like it puts those questions in your head of, well, maybe I don't really know this person. Maybe I don't really know what they're like. And I was just sick about that. That I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to say that my daughter can't be in the same home as my husband? And how do I process that? What do I do if they come and say that? Because based off of this, that's what they're saying. From one person meeting with these kids one time and not meeting with us, not knowing us personally at all. Not knowing me personally, I'm a monster. Yeah. From what was said in this evaluation. And it was, it was sickening and scary. It was so scary. Right. So what, like how much weight did this recommendation from the... Did this psych evaluation hold any care? It ended up having none. I was say it must Thank not because heavens. clearly nothing. <laughs> kids weren't taken from you. No, the kids weren't taken. There was never any move to act on that or even to like put that into play. I don't think anybody that was really involved that knew Matt, that knew the whole situation, they'd been working with Anne, put any credit into it. Which again was like this moment of relief and like hope for us of okay. This is going to be okay. Don't you think? How? Oh, yeah. What was the process that kind of got that thrown that we, out or overlooked? Or like, how did that? Um, I think the evidence, the overall evidence of the case was the fact that, look, here's a mother who willingly always handed over the children to, to this man, to their father, throughout their, throughout their lives. And there was no evidence that there was ever true fear from her to ever hand the kids over to me. Mm-hmm. Ever. Even after the alleged incident. Exactly. Like the next day or whatever it was, right? Exactly. Okay. And so I think I, one of the things is that, and this is probably a blessing in disguise, that the fact that Sarah did bring up the physical violence that happened mm-hmm. in their home Truly, if we wanted to go through this, there's ample evidence to bring to a court, you know, a court hearing that this truly did happen in their home. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. And so I don't think Anne wanted to push that. Right. Because there's been some things that came out in the psychological evaluation okay. that truly So she did probably happen. didn't push the results of this psych evaluation very far. I'm sure that was the part of it. You're probably exactly yeah. right that she probably didn't want to push it after the kids started saying mm. other things that were damning on her end of things just as much as right. supposed on our end of things. You know, it's, it's interesting to me is there was a lot, and I had forgotten about some of this. There was a lot done during this time just to try to deface your name and Matt's name. And one of those was she wanted to drop the kids off to our bishop. Yeah. So the leader of our church congregation, she specifically one time, and this only happened once, wanted to drop the kids off to him specifically and not us. And our bishop was like, 100%, totally fine. Like, I am here for that. And he, without us even knowing, he actually recorded that. Yeah. Because he was like, I've been in too many situations. I grew up in a household where things like this happened. And he's like, I wanted to record that. So he did. But it was, it, it was so, and she called the church at one point. Yeah. And whoever answered the phone. The executive secretary. 
she just went off to them about Matt. The executive secretary. About what a horrible guy he was. And then that. And this person had no idea what was going on in our life. Barely knew us. And it's just like. the bishop knew everything. Whoa. And then he goes to the bishop and the bishop's like, oh, yeah, I know about all of this. But it was interesting, too, because as much as she's pushed back against the church and whatever, in this she's time that used she. used it as a yes, resource. Yeah. Well, and during this meeting where she drops the kids off to the bishop, she tells them that if they never, ever need to talk to anybody, if they never, ever need help, that this is a safe, good person to go to mm. and all this stuff. I'm like, but here you're telling them that the church isn't a good place to be and like going against the church. But now you're telling them that they should go talk to the bishop if they ever need anything, which our bishop is amazing. Who's the and bishop I totally the agree. The same bishop the, we have now. Okay. Yeah. And just like he's very he down to earth, very real. <laughs> and so, but that was interesting. Yeah. That was another hard thing to take because you don't know how people are going to take that. You don't know what assumptions they're going to make after hearing something like that. <laughs> so, going well, back, actually, go ahead, actually no. you know what? It wasn't the executive secretary. I remember it was the second counselor in the bishopric at the time, <laughs> um, Aaron. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he was brand new. He was, he's younger than I am. He's brand new to the bishopric. And he has like, this was like one of his first calls that he'd ever taken from the phone uh, that rang in the bishop's probably office. Probably his last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, you know, she just gives him an earful and tells him basically the whole story. And he, I'm sure he was dear, you know, like uh, deer, in the deer in the headlights going back to the bishop being like, you won't believe what I just got. And yeah. The bishop told us the story, and he's like, "And he's like, yeah, I know all of it. Like, it's it's all good. We're gonna, it's gonna be okay." <laughs> Anyways, so going back to the psyche valve, Matt, when you read it and read that it recommended that you that no children be in your care, what did that do to you? What did it didn't, you feel? It, here's the thing: it didn't really affect me that much, okay? Because, like Jessica said, knowing is, the circumstances surrounding it, knowing the circumstances around around it is like. I know truthfully what had happened during this event, what led up to this psychological evaluation. There was nothing that happened. There was nothing that they could prove that I ever did physically to harm anybody. And I knew that deep down in my heart. And so, therefore, this psychological evaluation was garbage. So, at this point or any point prior to this, was there ever a point where you questioned your ability to parent no not at all or made any changes or felt like you needed to adjust anything not at all in fact this psychological evaluation like lit a fire underneath me of you will i i, I was at this point i was willing to pay any amount of money to get the right attorneys get the right like get just go through the right processes to prove my innocence that there's nothing that can be put in between me and my relationship with the kids she just makes sure the truth is out there. Right. Yeah. Did you ever consider the alternative of no. This is not worth it. Nope. No, these are my kids. I was going I was willing to fight. Like what it's, it's interesting because again, in this book, this journal thing that we're reading, it says, "Look, if you put a board on the floor that's 20 feet long and you put a candy bar on the end of it, it was $20. There's $20 at the end of this board. You'd okay. be willing to walk on that 20-foot plank 
across the floor to get that $20 and pick it up. Now take that same plank, same sturdiness, and you know, put it in between two buildings and you put your kids on the other side of that. Like, first of all, if you put $20 on the other side of that, there's you're no not, way, there's no chance of heck that you're going to walk on that plank over, you know, a two-story building mm. to get to the other side. It's the same plank, same thing. You just did it on the floor. It's just suddenly different. no longer worth the risk. Yeah. Right. But if you put your children on the other side, there's, there, you will do whatever it takes to get over that plank mm. and get your children. Save your kid. To save your kids. Mm. And that's, that's kind of, when I read that, I was like, yep, that's exactly what would happen. I would, you felt that. Yeah. I would walk that plank and I'd figure out how to do it because I just did it to get the 20 bucks and it was on the floor. It's the same thing. It's just the, psych, the psychological switch of it's the same thing, but yeah, there are more risks involved, but I'm going to do anything I can to get, mm. get to my children. Right. So no, I wasn't willing, I wasn't going to cower down. Because I knew what the truth was. So. You wanted your kids to know what the truth was. Right. For sure. All right. That's a powerful analogy. Uh, just parents needing to do something for their kids. I just don't know if there's any, anything that can light a fire under someone, like you said, Matt, more than that connection and that ability and that like most natural instinct. Right. When a psychological crap evaluation is stating that there should not be any children in my presence. Like that's going to light a fire under me. Yeah. And that is not who I am of what that summary said. And I was going to say, there's got to be like a very true sense of self in that moment of knowing who you are and what you represent and what you have done to feel sure of, I know this isn't who I am. I know this isn't who my kids believe I am. Right. And I'm going to let go of this and walk away. And we all have those moments in one way or another where something causes us to no longer be neutral about how we feel about what we're doing, but where we have to decide, do I really believe what I'm doing or do I let someone else, let someone else's opinion or input alter what I'm doing? And yeah, you know, sometimes those moments can be good because it really is the moment that forces you to decide where you stand on yourself and on your own path. Right. And so I knew full-heartedly, like I said, the truth of what, who I was and what kind of father I was to my children. I wasn't going to let anybody in this world Mm -hmm. take that away from me. Yeah. Because here I was like every single person who truly knows me and all of my friends, like my friends all call me the baby whisperer. They all call me like, I love children. Like, I love being around them. I love, like, just their innocence. Like, there's so much to be learned from a child. And that's who I am. And that's, and I wasn't going to let one psychological evaluation determine who I was. You do, have, you do have a reputation of being able to calm any crying baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, Anyways, because that's who I am. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like Steve is relating this back to so many different scenarios. Like that is something that is so important for you to remember when things happen in life, because it happens every day, right? That we start questioning who we are or what we want or what we're being told of who we are, what we want, Mm -hmm. instead of really listening to ourselves. And you have to remember to dive back into yourself to figure out this is what I know I want. This is what I know 
like I know who I am, I know where I'm going type thing. And mm-hmm. if you don't, take some time to figure that out. Yeah. Like go back and and dive into that and figure out what it is you want. Yeah, very early on in this podcast, I shared a story of when I went on my mission and my brother said, don't let anybody push you around as I'm departing to go on my mission for two years. And that statement always resonates in circumstances like this is I'm not going to let anybody push me around for who I truly know who I am. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. All right. Just a couple of things before we wrap this up. For all you ladies out there, I am going to be on a On Fire Mama Summit that is coming up this month. Um, you can go register now. There is a link in our bio that you can go register for that summit. It is 100% free. I believe there's about 15 uh, women entrepreneurs that are going to be on there sharing tips of how to find clarity and gain confidence to achieve your dreams. And I'm super excited to be a part of this. This is the first summit I've done. So it's going to be awesome. Free registration. Go check it out. And I believe it's like the 18th to the 21st, somewhere right around there. I'm wishy-washy on the dates, but somewhere right around there. So go get signed up. We'd love to have you join us. That's exciting. That I know. That's awesome. Where did that, really how did that come about? Um, it's somebody, so the lady that's putting it on, her name is Jessica. I'm going to say her maiden name instead. Her name's Jessica. <laughs> and I connected with her on her podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I believe her podcast is called Jessica truly Jess- has a, so if, <laughs> if on Facebook or any social media, yeah. You put your maiden name and then your last name. Jessica will always remember the maiden name and not the last and name. And not the last name. <laughs> <laughs> Even with my sister in laws, yeah. I always refer to them by their maiden names because she always I calls, see it in my head. Mm. Well, it's what she, I see. She always calls Carly Carly H- Hangel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason Matt knows Carly's yeah. maiden name. <laughs> anytime she talks about Carly, she says Carly and then her maiden name. And yeah. I'm like, no, that's Funny. Carly Clark. Yeah, you do always call her by her full name too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's just this weird thing in my head. Anyways, it's Jessica Bright-Peterson. She's the one putting on the summit. And I was on her podcast before and she invited me to do this. So I am cool. super excited. I'm excited for you. Um, Yeah. If you are interested, go get registered for that. And honestly, I was thinking, you know, we I don't know how many entrepreneur women we have that follow us, but I know we have a lot of women and I feel like, this could apply to anybody. If you are looking for clarity and confidence in your life, go sign up. It's free. Pick the ones that speak to you. Listen to those ones, whatever. I think it'll be awesome. And then also I have, of course, my free live lesson tomorrow night at 7 Central. You can sign up through the link in our bio for that as well. And we do have one review. We actually 7 have a Central? Bunch. Yes. Oh. And we do have a bunch of new reviews. Which but... 7 Central is 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Yes. Why do you do something? Or I'm curious. 5 o'clock Pacific Since we're time. in Mountain Time. Uh, that's just because it's more central. It's, it's central. Was. It's in the middle of all the time zones in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> and we had a bunch of new reviews coming in. Keep them coming, you guys. It's so exciting to see this growth happening. Yeah. yeah are we going to read any of the reviews we got? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to read one review. Um, it says, one of my favorites. This podcast has helped me so much in my life. It has helped open my eyes to other perspectives, and it came into my life exactly when I would would be needing it most. Steve, Matt, and Jess have a story that will leave you eager for more. And most importantly, they start conversations we should all be having. I've been able to have great discussions with my husband after listening to them together and discuss things that may otherwise not have come up. 
Thank you all, husband in law, for all you are doing for the community of people who listen and all the people affected in their life by what they take away from your show. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to keep this whole, if you leave us a review, we will send you a little gift thing going. So let me know if you send us a review or if you write us a review, send me a message, email me, DM me. That could get costly. <laughs> well, but it's awesome. I know somebody that does it just for the people that we actually read their review. But for now, we're going to keep doing it for if you leave us a review, let us know. We super appreciate it. And we want you to know that. Anything else for this week, gentlemen? Okay, wait. Does that mean we're going to send one to that one person who? <laughs> if you contact me and say you left me a review, I will send you one. I'm yeah. not going, I'm not saying five-star reviews. That always like rubs me wrong when people yeah, are like, yeah, yeah. if you leave us a five-star review, then we'll reward yeah. you. No, the, the reviews help us as much as they help you. They help us know how we can improve. Can I share and the one I'm better. referencing? Which one? <laughs> your the podcast review. is sh- Yeah, we got one this oh, week. Yeah. Your podcast is shit. <laughs> That was Period. actually a DM oh, was that it? I got. Yes. Yeah. Wow, send it straight to you. Yeah. Well, let's send him a husband in law bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask for their address. <laughs> uh, that one just, just made me laugh. I thought it was hilarious. It was right after I found a whole bunch of reviews that they've been going to the bottom of the list instead of the top for some reason. I don't know why. So I just found a whole bunch of them and I was like all excited about them. And then I get this message message request your podcast your podcast and i just started laughing like i just started busting up because i'm it's, sure it was i doubt that person's even listened to our podcast and is my if guess. they have and they didn't relate like That's this is not too. for everyone it is not for everyone we don't need everyone to love the podcast nope nope if it, nope. if you think it's shit stop listening <laughs> why are you still listening <laughs> yeah, really? this is episode 85 <laughs> All right. right. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right. Now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.